Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. A billboard came driving by saying medical marijuana in Nevada. My husband came in and I said, oh, we can screw me up a little bit more and get my weed card here in Nevada. He's like, let's go. This is the Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Thank you for listening again today. I am Joyce Gerber, and this is the Cannamom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry. One canna story at a time. So happy spring, Dave. It's freezing here in Boston. I know. I just cracked the window open in my studio, and now I'm cold, and I'm too lazy to get up and shut it. <laughs> it looks like a nice day, but it's chilly. That's the beauty of Boston. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like the weather? Just wait a minute. It'll change. All right. So it's in theory, it's spring, but it's not really. And before I introduce today's guest, I just want to make a podcast recommendation. I do this once in a while because oh, cool. I do have my favorites. Mm. I was listening to Open Source with Christopher Lydon, old school. He claims to be one of the oldest or the oldest podcast. I'm not sure how he knows that, but he claims that. Mm. I don't, have you heard that? <laughs> no, but he's an NPR guy, right? He's an NPR guy. They did kind of invent podcasts, so maybe, maybe. So that, that's how he introduces himself. So he feels like, you know, part of the clam. And uh, this week he spoke with Bill McGibbon, who is an author and an environmentalist, who is basically making that connection between oil and all the bad stuff in this world. Mm -hmm. it's called how to stop burning things and i definitely see how cannabis industrial hemp specifically will have a very important role to play in helping us to stop burning stuff and remove power from despots you can see them and authoritarians who use oil and carbon to hold power we know who we're talking about and in our own country joe manchin dude what is going on with you Mm. interesting (laughs) so hemp cannabis it's always tied up with everything and this interesting discussion of how to stop burning things so we can help save the world and hemp is going to be part of it. He didn't include the hemp. I did. That was my thought. Well, I think <laughs> it makes sense. Add the hemp. That's right. Yeah. Add the hemp. And he also talked about getting elders. I guess I'm considered an elder now to get involved with the environmental movement because it shouldn't just be on the you know shoulders of teenagers like Greta. Talking about an organization he founded, it's called Third Act Movement. It's got a group right here in Mass. So if you're an environmentalist or just a human who wants the world to you know, exist longer and you have time on your hand, check them out. It might be something good because we need everybody. You're not an elder. 
<laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Anyone over 55? No. I- oh. All right. So that's great because then I'm not an elder, I'll, but I'll be an elder in about 18 months. So I'll be right there with you. <laughs> I guess technically 60 might be elders, but people never retire. So at some point you have to decide when you're the third act. And, you know, I've done the thing. I've had the kids and now I'm out to save the world. I know, but elder, I don't know. Elder sounds like 80, 80-ish, 90-ish to me, but who knows? No, but no it, wisdom. We have to value our elders. I'm, I'm owning it. I'm like, I'm right. trying to be young. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because just, you know, that's who we are, the women. We're leaders. That's why we should be leading cannabis because we've survived and we know stuff and we're elders. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. And then just a quick reminder that April 30th is the first high tea event in Boston and tickets will be on sale when the show's coming out, but they're going on sale on Event High on April 1st. Be on sale all month. I hope to see you there. It should be a really fun afternoon, Dave. We're having Dr. Bridget Williams is flying in from Ohio and my good friend Dory Wiley of the Half-Baked Housewives from Texas. And Sherry Berman will be discussing the endocannabinoid system, facts and fiction. And we will have goodies supplied by Loud Girl Goodies. And we're having a Berkeley student who will be performing because you know, I have homeless Berkeley students living in my basement, so I had to get them to come help. <laughs> right, naturally. <laughs> and, yep, and we're going to have a great swag bag. So cool. I know. So that's All the kind of info my... will be in the show notes, I imagine. Everything in the show notes, yes. yes. Um, and actually, just one more thing about me. Hmm. <laughs> Why not? This is my show. Yes, <laughs> me. an award-winning show. Award, double award-winning double show. Award-winning double show. award-winning yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Decorated. I haven't gotten the trophy yet from Nikan though. I don't know what's going on. No, oh, come on, Nikan. I'll I, show it off when I get it. I want to see that on the on these Zoom calls. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> in the back. Yeah. Um, so that our high tea, we will be working to support each other. That isn't really for the Canamom show, but we will be launching the first Keep the Canamom Conversation Going crowdfunding campaign, which will be for the month of May. I've been setting it up. I've been working with my um, coaches to get it ready, organizing my list. We have some really fun rewards, um, including an opportunity to learn how to make a quilt with me. Nice. (laughs) I know. Uh, A walking tour of North Cambridge with my husband because he's obsessed with North Cambridge. And, you know, who wouldn't want to hang it out with us for an afternoon? And we got the book. We got swag. We got all sorts of stuff. So I hope if you're listening, you will consider supporting so we can reach our goal and have season Four. We can't stop now. We're right in the middle of the mission. <laughs> we are in the infancy. We are like, you know, again, we're elders. We're pioneering. We might <laughs> right. not see the promised land, but we are there. We are leading the way. <laughs> Building the bridge. Building the bridge. Okay. And before we get to, to today's guest, I want to thank Fortuna Design for making today's show possible. A lot of stuff. Okay. So today, today's guest is from New York. She's a New York cannabis advocate, New York. That is going to be changed the whole everything out here in the side of the world. I've been following her on social media for years and had the joy of meeting her in person in Boston a few weekends ago at NECAN. She spoke about her own, how her own traumatic brain injury stole her joy and how cannabis returned it. She's been sharing her journey with cannabis with as many people as she can so she can impact others. She hopes, and I know, her story inspires others to never give like so many in cannabis, she's becoming the person she wished she had. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Nikki Lolly, up in New York. Welcome, th- Nikki. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely, Joyce. It's a total pleasure to be here with you. All right. So we did meet in person, which was awesome. You look great on Zoom. I know you have a big health story that connects you, but can you just give sort of a quick overview of where you were and like how you got to cannabis? Sure. Happy to. So about five years ago, I was doing my job just like any other day and a child became. I just, compl- I just don't want to back up a little because you were a pediatric nurse, but you've been having other, you had some, you had some issues health before that. But when you got to the position with the pediatric, when you're the nursing situation was the last traumatic one that really kind of pushed you over the edge, right? Is that how it worked? Correct. I was working, yeah. I was a former dealer. I actually owned my own business prior to this and working as a nurse was just kind of easy for me. I like kids and I enjoyed what I did. And one day everything just changed. It was a normal day. And then all of a sudden everything changed literally in less than a second. I was helping another nurse restrain a child for a vaccine. Pretty normal in a pediatric office. Kids don't really enjoy getting shots. You know, I went in behind the kid and helped with the parent to restrain his arms. And 
he proceeded to kind of pull like one of those WWF moves on me with the tuck the chin, throw the head back into my head and then back into a wall I went and then back into his head. It all happened so fast. I would have never believed such a blow could have impacted my life as much as it did. That was the last day I worked as a nurse. That was 10, 11, 2016. And going from the nurse to the patient was a huge adjustment. I imagine. I was once viewed the, you know, compassionate coworker, the one that always chipped in and was really respected in the field. And then when this happened, I went through New York state workers compensation system because I was injured at work Mm -hmm. and it's the most unfriendly system where a patient is no longer really a patient. They're a number, they're a number Mm -hmm. whose goal is to get you back to work as quick as possible. And no one wanted to work more than I did, Joyce. I mean, I was, you know, always provided for my family. I always was a contributing member of society. So I was not looking for any kind of long-winded, you know, hiatus. And I was determined to go back to work. I was determined to get an answer as to why this incredible headache never went away. I mean, from that moment forward, I suffered a chronic pain headache that literally still plagues me to this day. So what uh, were you, just, so, Nikki, just, so before that you were working, you were functioning, did you have a relationship with cannabis at all prior to 2016? What did you think of it? I thought of cannabis as a recreational substance and yes, I had smoked it leisurely, but I didn't really buy it. I didn't yeah. actually, you know, know how to go get it. It was, and, a, and as a nurse, you didn't know about the endocannabinoid system. You didn't even understand. You, were, you weren't taught how it works, correct? So you didn't know. I had no idea. And I definitely never viewed it as medicine. If you would have told me you're giving your kid cannabis for seizures, I would have called Child Protective Services on you. I mean, literally. Of course. course. It was my license on the line. I couldn't think of, you know, you giving your kid weed. I mean, you know, it just wasn't cannabis then. It was weed. It was hot. It was herb. Okay, so you're injured, you're trying to get through the workers' comp, things aren't working, you're still feeling, what were your symptoms? How were you feeling at this time? My cognitive function was absolutely crap. I could not remember why I walked into a room. And I mean, people say, oh, that happens to me sometimes too. It's different. <laughs> it's totally different when you've been an extremely high functioning human and now you can't do basic arithmetic. You can't do you can't find the words that make sense. You know how you're feeling, but you literally can't put it into words. And what um, was your family like? So was your family around? Could they see what had happened, the change in you? Were they talking oh, about yeah. this? Okay. Oh yeah, they were talking oh. about it because I became so depressed. They put me on all these different medications that screwed up my mind more than it already was. I mean, it was literally one antidepressant, one antipsychotic, one anti-anxiety, some stuff for nausea, some stuff for chronic pain. I mean, I was on a cocktail of drugs. At one point, there were 16 pills I was taking. I mean, I have to Um, say, I hear this so often from women in the industry. It's just this idea that you have to go down this long pharmaceutical path before you are able to even access cannabis. This is what we need to stop. But that was your journey, right? You went down the pharmaceuticals. The pharmaceutical. I was a good nurse. I was an obedient patient. And, but I wasn't really regarded as a patient. I was just regarded as a body, a number. And that was what was so hard because as a nurse, I was always very compassionate. I was always very completely in synergy with the patient. You know, I mean, parents would tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. And I then would try and share these kind of communication things with my new nurses that I was seeing at these different doctors. Right. And I was looked at like I was crazy. I was looked at like, there's no reason you still have symptoms. You're just malingering or you're just trying to get attention. Really? Um, they actually said that to you? They actually said that to me. Wow, it that's was, harsh. It was so <laughs> horrible, <laughs> horrible. I'll never forget. I did a neuropsych test and I tried really, really hard, Joyce. And neuropsych test is like a six hour test from everything from your, you know, working memory to your long-term, you know, intelligence. And I tried so hard. I was so exhausted. And then literally I go to get my results. And the doctor said to me, there's no way you could have possibly done this bad on this test unless you were faking it. And I said, what? 
she said, you scored like a third grader and there's no way that's possible. And I said, you're kidding, right? Like, really? (laughs) And I was not cannabising at this time at all. And so this was like the real brain with the drugs. And I was devastated. I'll never forget leaving there feeling so defeated. And so like, maybe it is in my head. Maybe I am really messed up. That's so, okay. So you, I mean, I know you now, so I know how you're kind of perky and fun and God, she's so energetic if you met her in person. So what was your family saying? Like, was anyone with you when you were going to these meetings? Were they like, no, this can't be right. Or maybe, I mean, what was going on? I mean, my husband, you know, he's been my rock and my caregiver pretty much through this whole experience. And he couldn't believe it. He said, yeah, I don't think so. And, but yet he kept listening and saying, well, I mean, she's always had some ADHD. So maybe this just is causing her depression. And, and again, so then he started questioning me and then, you know, my whole family, my daughter's a nurse, my son is, you know, how, so how old were your children at this time when you were going through this part? Well, it was five years ago. Now five years. in 32. So, okay, so they're grown up. They're grown up kids. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you got to do that math. But no, whatever. But they were grown up kids. They weren't little kids. All right. So, no, 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 no. All right, so you're pretty he- You're pretty sick. You don't feel good. You can't work. People are telling you you're not. It's in your head. And then what happens when you go to Las Vegas? How did you even get there? And how did this start? So my husband, thinking it was a good idea to try and cheer me up, thought, let's go to Vegas because that's just, your just for fun. Just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah. Okay. And I was not having fun. Trust me. I did not want to go to Vegas. I did not want to get on an airplane. I mean, I was a hermit. I literally, to just get dressed was a huge monumental task. To actually take a shower and take a bath was like, I just have no energy to do this. And, you know, brushing my teeth. I mean, I forgot to brush my teeth, God, so many times because it's, and the more I tried to stay in a routine, the more it failed. And then I felt oh. defeated. And it was just this horrible, vicious cycle. Right. So we go to Vegas. My husband's trying to cheer me up. The plane ride there, Joyce, I about died. I mean, it was horrible. Kids screaming, you know, everybody talking. And I just couldn't handle it. I have hearing aids. And so I turned them off and it didn't help. And then and I wait, went, wait, wait, what year is this? When, when did you fly out to Vegas? 2017, January. Okay, 16, So you, you so were going what? through this for about a year. You had been in this space for about a year of feeling really terrible. No, actually, it was about four months. It was oh, just four months. Okay. Just, yeah, just four and, months. Okay. It was early on. Okay. And, but it was all the same symptoms. It was all yeah. the same hell. But when we got to Vegas, I literally told the girl at the front desk, I'm like, I don't care if I'm viewing a hole in the wall. I just need to get a room. Like, I can't wait for a room. Like, because, you know, we got there early in the morning. So hotels aren't always ready at the right time. And and she's like, oh, we don't have your room ready. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You've got to find a room. <laughs> like, this is not an option. And so I legit was on the seventh floor where all you saw was the pool area right below and then the Vegas Strip. Definitely not good for under stimulation, you know, looking for under stimulation. It was definitely- all right. I'm just, I'm like just a normal introvert who doesn't like to leave my house that much. And I went to Vegas once and was so overstimulated. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Okay. Okay. So, you know, three days we're in the hotel and I literally can't leave the room. I mean, I have money to gamble with. I have, you know, it's beautiful weather and I can't even leave the hotel room. So prior to your head injury, would you have found Vegas fun? Would that have been your place you wanted to hang out? Oh yeah. I was a dealer and right. uh, You were into this. Oh yeah. That's funny. totally into it. So um, your husband was trying to drag you back in. You're like, no, I can't go there. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, well, you're ruining our vacation. You know, you're just staying in this room and all you're doing is crying. And I'm like, Jack, what am I supposed to do? Like, I feel like total shit. And I'm sorry for the swear word, but it just is. Yeah, we're a podcast. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Anything. But, <laughs> but literally... I was so sad. So I'm out on the balcony. Jack goes for a walk. I'm out on the balcony of the Cosmopolitan. And I look down. The pool area is right there. There's no way. I was planning my death, Joyce. I mean, I was ready to to jump. I was really legit ready to jump. And if I would have been on a different floor, 
I probably could have succeeded if I was not so insistent on getting this damn room right away. <laughs> I probably would have had a much more successful mission of this when you look. Process. But when you look back at that person, how does that make you feel? My gosh, well, you have so much life now. Yeah, I mean, it was a whole different person. So I'm looking down and I'm like, shit, I'm not going to be able to kill myself. I'm just going to get more damaged and I can't handle being more damaged. I mean, I can't imagine like having more injury. I can't imagine like having my limbs screwed up or back screwed up or something like that. Right. I was like, if I'm this screwed up now, I can't afford to go worse down this path. So about that time when I figured out this isn't going to work to Peter Pan off the balcony, billboard came driving by saying medical marijuana card in Nevada today. And immediately growing up in the war on drugs and, you know, just say no with Nancy Reagan and, you know, your brain on drugs with the frying pan and the egg, like Mm -hmm. that was me, Joyce. I mean, I was like part of that era. And so this by, and I literally am like, oh, great idea. Brain injury, fry your brain on drugs a little more, Nikki. So then it came back a second time though, Joyce. And about that time, my husband came in. And I said, oh, we can screw me up a little bit more and we can go get my weed card here in Nevada. He's like, let's go. He's like, and if you knew my husband, I mean, he's like the Boy Scout, right? Like he does nothing wrong. He's like, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, just he's the Boy Scout. And so when this happened, I was like, are you serious? I mean, Jack, really? I mean, yeah, I've smoked pot in the past and it's made me happy. He's like, well, you've giggled before. Let's do anything it takes to get you to laugh. That's so beautiful though. Again, so I totally believe in like bells and stuff. We have a church here that like that chimes all the time and I never hear it except if I have a good idea. So did you hear bells when you saw, (laughs) like a weird thing I have. My friends (laughs) are like, yeah, no bells, but but you saw it twice. It came one way and then the other. It was meant for you, Nikki. That was meant for you. And then your husband agreed. It was the universe in every yeah. way. I mean, this whole all happened for a total reason. So I go to the place to get the medical card and I'm sobbing because I can't fill out a form. I can't fill out the intake form. I can't remember what medicines I'm on. I can't remember what my diagnoses are. I'm just <sighs> sobbing like a basket case. And the girl behind the desk says, honey, it's okay. We're going to give you the card. We don't care about all that just do your best and and again is that like false advertising or whatever you think you're going to a doctor and you're really just no I mean I will say I mean just to defend it everyone's always like it's kind of mushy-wishy here in Massachusetts too but the thing is everything is therapeutic and it shouldn't scare people like people literally get scared going to see the nurses like they walk around the parking lot seven or eight times because it freaks them out but I keep saying in Massachusetts specifically it's not scary they just we want to help you we want to give you access to medicine. So it right? shouldn't be hard and it shouldn't be scary. Well, I was terrified. And I, I know you are. Yeah. yeah. And so I go to the dispensary for the first time and I'm beyond overwhelmed. This 20 something year old kids behind the counter and I'm just bawling my eyes out. So I'm was like, your husband with you to help you? Who was helping you? He was not. He had to sit in the limo waiting for me because only one person, the only the patient could go in the dispensary right. at that this time. Is like, this is like the nightmare. Like why? when I won't use cannabis like I can't believe you kept going back okay so I felt like I was in a nightmare limo which is kind of funny your husband's in a limo you're getting your cannabis card you go into the bunch of 20 year old dudes and you sobbing hysterically I need help great that's good hope I'm so depressed and he's like shit I don't have any idea what to do and so he starts whipping out the gummies starts whipping out the pills the tinctures and then he gave me two joints and he's like you know, I don't, I know you don't want to smoke, but this might actually help you more than the edibles. And he said, I said, you know, I've never felt anything from edibles. And so little side note, I've had weight loss surgery and I don't have a gallbladder. Anything that's metabolized with fat, i.e. THC, CBD does not work for me because it has to go through first pass digestion. Oh, that's actually, that's good information because that's a whole nother discussion about edibles. But yeah. and I don't, I don't think actually edibles are the first thing people should take. I know everyone thinks they should, but again, I find it kind of weird that you're like hanging out and all of a sudden something happens to you. I don't like that feeling. I like the feeling of I have a hit and then whatever it is that's going on stops immediately because then I know it. 
anyways, I just have mixed feelings about people starting this for the first time. I do think just taking a little hit of a vapor or something, I think it's easier and it's, it's so immediate. You can't deny it. You know what I mean? Right, right. And that's what I learned that day in Vegas. So, All right, so I what did you buy? All... You, bought, you bought a joint? So I bought like everything. I spent like, oh, you did. a ton of money and I tried the tinctures. I tried the pills. I tried the gummies and nothing was helping. And so I just, I went to sleep basically. So that was day one or day four of our vacation. And did anyone, again, I always come back up. Did anyone have, you, the women who use this and healed yourselves without any help so amaze me. Like, did anybody like mention to you, like dosing, like five milligrams, 10 milligrams, oh, no. how much you should take? Oh, no, 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 you no. just kind of do it on your own. Okay. That's no. good. I was like, so I ate like a bunch of gummies. I ate like tincture. I did it all at the same time. But for me, luckily my system didn't metabolize it well. So that could have been very bad, Nikki. That could have been could've so been bad. <laughs> it could have been horrible, horrible, but I was just trying to find anything for relief. Right. So then I smoked that joint on day four of the trip. I went out to dinner, Joyce. I went out <gasps> to dinner and like got out of that hotel room for the first time. Okay. And- it's like, I think people don't believe this is true. Okay. So you're feeling kind of bad. I think I definitely then- came close to either the whole joint or at least half. And then what, did you just feel connected to your body? Is that what kind of like, I kind of just like things are brighter. <laughs> you know, what I noticed was the pain was no longer the first thought. The pain mm. like was not just all I thought about. And That's I so thought interesting. About how can I make this work? You know, how can I cheer Jack up? Because I'm feeling guilty, right? Like I'm feeling bad. We're in this but That's so interesting. Now. Once your pain was gone, you were able to concentrate on something else. That is so pain is really powerful. Pain Physical pain. Hell. hell. And so then I had that second joint uh, a little later in the evening and it was great. And we left the next morning for Buffalo And I was in hell again, because now that joint has long worn off. And so we had to fly again and go through the airport and all that whole thing. And I was miserable and I didn't bring any of the joint home or anything. So, but because I lived in New York, I assumed our medical, we had medical weeds. So I figured I would just go do the same thing, right? Like get your card and throw it in dispensary. Anybody who doesn't understand. So again, I talk about this endlessly. This is not just this is just not illegal federally because every state does their own thing. Every state is really, really different. So obviously Las Vegas, whatever, Nevada, they're just, they're Nevada. So they got everything. You can buy everything. It's everywhere, wherever, you know, it's just what it is. It looks like cannabis in Vegas looks like Vegas, you would imagine. But New York, that's not Uh how it is at all. No. New York was, didn't have chronic pain as one of the conditions. So Joyce like, Oh my God. Like, I mean, they, all they had at the time were like seven conditions and they were all like really serious conditions. Like, and this is like 2017. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, We got pain approved May of 2018. So then I got right back to that whole hopeless shit and going yeah. back to more drugs and new depressants and new anti this and new anti. And were you mentioning the cannabis thing to your doctors? I did. I mentioned it to a couple of them and they're like, yeah, that doesn't work. They really said that. Wow. They really said that. And again, these are workers' comp doctors. These are doctors paid for by the state, you know, so they're not really savvy on it at all. Like no doctor in New York state has been really savvy on it, quite honestly. So then like I got back into that dark hole. I was ready to take my life again. And it was just horrible. I mean, my husband gets the call from my psychologist saying, you know, Nikki is planning on taking her life. Right. And I had to sign like a contract saying I wouldn't kill myself. And it was a whole thing, Joyce. So I had some friends in Canada because as I mentioned, I was a dealer. So I had a lot of Canadian friends. I live in casino dealer, people, not cannabis dealer in case (laughs) just, just as a clarification, anyone listening, but I live really close to the Canadian border in Buffalo. So I'm like 15 minutes away. And I had friends from the casino that said, Hey, why don't you come over here? We've got that pot stuff. You know, we can help you. I'll have my wife get a card and you know, whatever will help you use it and get access to it. So that began my Canadian cannabis medical refugee journey. Wow. I actually haven't heard this before. This is interesting. I've heard, I've heard parents coming to States as a refugee, basically. I haven't heard this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I literally, yeah. because I got a card, well, they got a card and then I started sampling different cultivars and different 
products because I had no idea where to start. I had no clue. But so by this, that- but at this point, did you recognize that flour worked better for you than? Um, yes. So you knew not to use the edibles, just to stick with the flour or these vapes. I didn't or- no, not to. I just knew that that joint really made me feel a lot better, and so okay. in my head, that's kind of okay. What I went after. So you're looking uh, for flour, okay? So I started looking at different flours. <laughs> they when you're a medical patient in Canada, basically you buy direct from the manufacturer. So you have to choose one and then you have to write it out. So my friend, you know, we, I used this one, it was called can trust and they had like, so my friend bought probably six different types of weed. And like, I had no idea what I was doing. And it was so funny because I started to play Scrabble Joyce. I started to be able to function (laughs) So, okay, so just kind of like back. I just I just don't understand how you guys figure this out. All right, so you are you were you looking like for T? Did you even know what a terpene was? Like, were you looking for a THC oh, content? Oh. Like, what were you? How were you differentiating between your the products? What worked and what didn't? Or basically, the I weird had names. no idea. I picked names. I picked <laughs> names. I mean, Royal Purple Kush, Original Cheese. You know, I had no idea. Could you tell like certain smells were working better for your condition than others? Could Tell time, that at all? No. no, at the okay. time, no, but now I'm totally all about the nose and terpenes and all that. That's so funny. But, all right. So you're basically buying stuff, trying stuff. Buying stuff high, trying what are your friends? What's your friends and family? What are they thinking? What's, do they know They're this is going on? Like, you know, not a lot. You know, they thought they saw me improve whenever I smoked it and I wasn't like crying anymore. So they figured that had to be helpful. I'll True. never forget. I did uh Royal purple Kush and I became a comatose zombie. I was literally like, and they're like, wow, that pot's really affecting you. And I'm like, I can't talk. <laughs> and like, it was crazy, but it was high in mercine, which now oh. I realize, but Mercine was not my friend early on. Like I didn't understand the terpenes. I didn't understand why Royal Purple Kush put me in a coma. Yet original cheese, I became the Rain Man. You know, <laughs> like legit. It really, it's the terpene. <clears throat> Sorry, about <clears throat> about the THC content. Could you tell or CBD? Were you even like at that level of like trying to figure out the combination? No, no, no. I wasn't even looking at that. I mean, I kind of focused on the THC percent because I heard that that's the more medicinal part of it but again not knowing anything about the endocannabinoid system not knowing anything it was all about the names we like we look at sativas or indicas we we're using it I didn't kind of even that not even that wow You're looking. i didn't have a clue so then i found this app while i was in canada and it was like this cool journaling app that you could journal your experience but what was different about this was you had a drop down that would list that strain and that batch number. So like Royal Purple Kush batch one, two, three, four was already in the back end of that application. So it wasn't just a name. It was all about the chemical profile. And again, not knowing what I'm doing, I just thought, you know, trying all these different products, I should find a way. And it was by accident. I found this app and then it really started to tell me what was working. And again, this took like a year of me learning this this wasn't like instant now you're so smart it was trial and error and a lot what, what of trial what, and is error. what the ladies all do all right so your story is still huge i haven't even gotten to your new york stuff all right so you're you're figuring it out you're in canada you're getting this product and it's helping you so it's you come back me, but i can't come back to new york but i can't bring it back home i have to leave it there so, so i was you- literally going every other week and that was what would keep me going was I mean, it's like so you weren't you weren't able to consume daily you were able to consume weekly and that yeah. kind of helped with the other that's interesting wow yeah i mean it's because i knew i was going to feel better soon i just yeah. had to on those two weeks or that week to just get back to canada so now i had some little glisten of quality of life that it's like hope you had some hope huh good hope you your head you'd hope you had, fun. I had hope first yeah, time that's interesting yeah you're and probably so, just so happy you did you weren't feeling pain your gratitude yeah. and not feeling pain. That's amazing. To be able to go to Costco, you know, like an yes. overwhelming store like that. Like as long as I medicated before I was okay. I All mean, right. So you're going back and forth, back and forth, but you realize forth, something, something else needs to be done. So what, what kind of pushed you to the next, the, so your next then action? I COVID hit, COVID oh, hit. COVID. Me. COVID hit because now I finally have like a terpene profile, a minor cannabinoid profile. I kindly know what works and how it works, 
but now I can't access it at all because the borders closed in March of whatever it was, 2020, I guess. And I was devastated. I mean, I had been, you know, operating on this new quality of life and learning all about Canadian cannabis and learning all the players in the Canadian market. And I had all kinds of friends and I was going to shows. And oh my, so were your kids like, what is going on? Are they like psyched? I mean, they were excited. I mean, I think it actually made my daughter view it completely different, you know? Of course. Like she saw a huge improvement. And then, like, you'd see my posts in Canada, but. And of course, we have workers' compensation here in New York saying, oh, you're smiling on your Facebook. That means you're just lying about your condition. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I had to constantly be in this double world system where one is a great quality of life and I'm enjoying life, but then I come home and I'm not enjoying life because I don't have access to the same products, the same medicines. It's like you're in the matrix. You're like, wow, okay. I'm like a superhero <laughs> when you cross the line. So then- <laughs> So then I, New York put us on chronic pain now became legal in like late 2018. And I became a medical patient in New York and we didn't have anything smokable. All we had was. Yeah, this, like, tell people what it's, I didn't even, I actually don't know what's going on in New York. So before you legalized, which is coming up, what was the, what kind of products did you even have and what kind of access did medical patients have to anything? We had oils, capsules, tinctures, and that's about it. We had vapes, vape cartridges, but our cartridges actually had vitamin E in them that they leave <gasps> unsafe. And Those so, are the ones that they were trying to get off the street. Seriously, New York? Good Lord. Okay. Seriously. Yeah. So it was bad. It was really bad products. And anytime I would vape, I would just like cough a lung out. Like it was not helping my situation. And the more you cough, the more intense things are, the more your head hurts. So it was just this vicious, horrible cycle. So then I started to, when COVID hit, I went back to the dispensary and I, my workers comp actually ended up having to pay for my medical cannabis in New York. But that's awesome. Cause there's a case, there's a case coming up the Supreme court. There's something about the workers comp and payment. So I just, this is brilliant. I just love that. That's a whole nother show. Well, but... I mean, they approve it. Then they deny it. Then you know, I know, but it, then you go but back. Somebody like you has to, but some of like, you have to bring it before them. That's kind of the whole point of any kind of lawsuit or any kind of like how you get a right by brave people bringing their issues forward. All yeah. right. So, so it's two, you're like, so what do you start doing in 2020 that's so different? I discovered the illicit market. The illicit <laughs> market. <laughs> I learned how to go to a guy down the street. I learned how to do cash everywhere you go and, you know, what a cluster it is. I mean, like most of them don't let you smell it or taste it or anything. You just have to buy the bag and you have no idea what you're getting. Not only do you not know the terpenes or minor cannabinoids, but you have no idea how this guy grew it. You have no idea if he used his own pee to fertilize the thing. I mean, that's a thing. If you, if you're lacking nitrogen, I guess it is, or one of those components, you pee on the plant. That's just disgusting. Is that true? (laughs) Wow. I don't know. I don't know. You found the illicit market backwards. It's hysterical. All right. So when your life is, when your life is made into like a, I don't know, a docudrama, this is going to be like part of you on the street, like behind street corners, panning out cash. Yeah. 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 Okay. I really felt that way. And I was so paranoid about the legality of it. Like I was so paranoid, like I was going to buy from a cop or something. Right. Because, you know, I grew up in this era that like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. All right. So you're, Okay, and so, so you are now you're like in back alleys buying your flower and you think maybe maybe we could maybe we could do better New York maybe we could do better well then we did get ground flour that was a huge stepping point so $95 for an eighth of ground flour with stems and absolutely zero bud appearance I mean it literally looked like swag like so who's I, I just don't understand this when this happens this way I mean I'm in Massachusetts so it's a little bit different but the products like who's approving these products at the the state level and why would they even who's tell, who's whispering in whose ear and telling them that's a good product to approve like that doesn't even make sense so we're <laughs> like that whole non-smoking era of no smoking and so Cuomo our governor at the time was very much anti-combustion so the only way you were supposed to medicate was via oils and literally this, this is an anti-combustion thing all right. I just, I know I started the show with stop burning stuff, but I think cannabis should be burnt. That's just right. For sure. 
and and you're totally right in saying like you find your relief immediate depending on what cultivar you're using you find immediate relief smoking the plant and it goes out of your system if it's not a great effect if it was like that royal purple kush that made me in a zombie in three hours, it was over. It wasn't like I had to go on a magic carpet ride for eight hours with a bad experience right. with an animal. Yeah. So, I, I, so Nikki, I cannot. We've just been like talking forever. So, I actually do have to take a break. <laughs> I don't, and I, we haven't even gotten all the way through the story. So, I am going to be right back. Nikki Lally's story is going to continue. Just remember, she is now in New York. She's advocating for people in all New York houses, but crushed flower, but it gets better. So, um, we're going to be back in a minute after I take a message from our sponsor. Fortuna Design. Today's sponsor, Fortuna Design, is on a mission to share your light because the world needs to hear your message, is what the founder and visionary, Ashley Corrado, wants you to know. We met on Clubhouse and I knew pretty quickly that she's someone I would be looking forward, looking towards for marketing insight, and so should you. Fortuna Design works with your business to use your data to inform future business decisions. Ashley and her team want you to know that marketing is not a four-letter word. And if you are a mission-driven cannabis business, please give Fortuna Design a call. Like everything else in cannabis, you need a specialized marketing team that is on top of the quickly evolving trends in the emerging cannabis industry. Fortuna Design employs data-driven creative design, strategy, and problem-solving to help clients hone their online presence. Ashley and her team use data to drive their creative process. And right now, Ashley is offering a few special promotions just for the cannabis businesses. The first is for Canna content creation, and the other is how to advertise in cannabis. If your company is ready to transition away from old school design and outdated tech, Fortuna Design might just be the firm for you. Check them out at Design by Fortuna on social media and on their website, fortunadesign.io. All right. We are back with Nikki. She's in New York. She's <laughs> recognizing there is no plant product and she doesn't want to be buying stuff behind street corners. So what happens next? How are you connecting with people in New York? Are you part of like a cannabis group? What happens to you? So I became known as the South spoken girl with the brain injury that just won't go away. I for sure started talking to different groups in New York, like Western New York, normal empire state, normal things like that but I wasn't finding patients needs were being talked about. I wasn't Mm. finding, and after having this really good medical experience in Canada to come back to New York and, you know, 95 bucks for swags just sucked. Mm -hmm. After we legalized though, our medical program improved. So we legalized March 31st, 2021. So tomorrow will be a year. Wow. And we did get whole flour. It's still $95 an eighth. And we can't get back-end information, meaning we can't get certificates of analysis or testing reports. That is considered proprietary by our 10 registered organizations. Hmm. I have severe allergies. I don't mean like a little bit of sniffle, a little bit of problem. I mean, my mouth, my throat literally closes, especially since my TBI. And to not have access to this information is criminal. It's a safety and health issue. It is not about stealing someone's genetics or someone's composition. I mean, seriously, it is so wrong. So one of the initiatives I have going on right now is I'm working with Americans for Safe Access to create a New York State advisory board for patients. And so that I hope is going to make some inroads. As you know, anything with policy is very slow to roll out. And we have a brand new cannabis control board and everybody has their own ideas on how this new law is supposed to work. And we're trying to be really cognizant of social equity. And so just decide health equity. I I, I talked to uh, Dr. Rachel Knox last week when Tashita Dawson, and they talk about cannabis as health equity. It's a movement. And that uh, we keep forgetting this. I think that, you know, people talk about medicals being lost in the business part of this. But if we do what Dr. Rachel Knox talks about is like really reframing it, which is what people like you are doing when you're talking to the politicians or talking to the people who are making these policy decisions, like having workers comp pay for your medical cannabis. That's brilliant. Like, that's awesome. You know, veteran, you know, our, our vets are getting 
access to psychedelics at some level, but they aren't getting access to cannabis, which is ridiculous. So again, this is, this is therapy. This is medical. This is therapeutic. This is a, across the state. So I'm in a country. So you, know, you can see in New York, like what mistakes we've all made already across <laughs> the other cannabis. Yeah. Like, so are you trying to push this as it's, I know it feels like it has to be the whole picture should be, I don't know how, even how to explain it. It just, Cannabis should be, it should be like moved away from this idea of like, yeah, or like it's plutonium. It's so scary. You have to hide it from everybody to, you know, this is, this is access to therapy. Like your story is a beautiful portrayal of like someone coming to the end of their ropes, like literally the end of your ropes before you could access cannabis. And that's so unnecessary. It doesn't cure everything, but it should be offered as a first line of resort. It should be just like other medication. And that's where we're, that's what the medical part is pushing it at to make sure it's part of that lineup and people aren't stigmatized for using it. Right. I mean, the doctors that I talked to, you know, even after my Canada experience where, you know, for about two years, I was accessing medicine without a problem. And I would literally come to these appointments and you have to prove you're injured. Like you literally, you can't be too high functioning because then you're malingering. You can't be too, but I literally would say, I just medicated with cannabis and I'm feeling so much better. And they would like write that, that I'm drug seeking, that I'm um, just getting high, that I'm using illicit substances. I mean, this was a real thing in my medical records. When I oh, would get sure. of my medical records, I was shocked. And then like my long-term disability got denied because I'm drug seeking and I'm getting high on illicit THC products. But um, again, this is, this is really, I mean, this is really all policy stuff. I mean, again, when people come forward, a lot of these People are enforcing policies they don't even understand why they exist, which is part of the illegality problem with cannabis because people don't know what it is. And if we don't get it shifted over to medicine, it's, the whole world doesn't change their conversation about this. We're going to keep having these conversations because there's still going to be a confusion. So again, it's not a belief system. It's a science. I'm not sure you know how your aspirin works, <laughs> but we know that cannabis works on our endocannabinoid system. And that's the message we're getting out, that this is... This is what makes you capable of being so perky and, and light. I mean, you're lightened with your, because you have access to a medicine that balances your body. I got to tell you in Boston, I got so many great products and, you know, some might've made it home in my suitcase. And I got to say, you know, edibles have never worked on me, but those wanna fast acting gummies, they work. <laughs> they work good. I mean, I have to take nine for it. Oh. Effect. <laughs> All right, so, those are actually the only gummies I like. I, I think I actually like the taste more than the effect. I just think they taste delicious. <laughs> the limoncello ones. Have you, you had those? Those are yeah. my fave, man. I bought four of those. So I had that's hysterical. But I mean, like at forty bucks for a twenty pack, and you're eating nine. That's really not economical uh, medicine. Yeah. But well, that's what I used before my speech in Nikan, and I didn't smoke. I was like freaked out about doing a speech for the first time ever at she a did great. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, where am I going to smoke? You know, you've got to like have getting medicated. And I didn't smoke. I was like attended two sessions right before mine. And those gummies worked. I just popped two more like while I waited. And, you know, I think I communicated fairly well. And I think I, my message got across quite well. I mean, I, you're fantastic. I've seen, I've obviously met you in person. And each time I speak with you, you feel, I mean, you feel full of energy. So um, whatever you're doing seems to be working. I'm glad you're out there advocating for people who need this because they need to see, you know, we need to be seen. We need to talk about this in a grown up way, which is what you're doing and workers comp. That's interesting. Uh, all right. So we are running up on our time. So I saw you in Boston. That was awesome. Are you speaking more? Where you going? Are you going to travel internationally? You know, I will hopefully be on the speaker circuit. I'm still kind of looking for the ultimate sponsor that sees the value in the patient voice and the patient experience because all these trips cost a lot of money, <laughs> you know, between the travel, the hotel medication, because mm -hmm. I can't just go into a dispensary and buy one thing, of course. But I'm a really good sales tool. I mean, I literally... Oh, yeah try different products and I will talk about them, you know, like the wanna gummies. They're not paying me. <laughs> you know? Me neither. People want <laughs> whatever. I just I talk about this industry as being for women like us. We know the least. We have a lot of pain. There are a lot of things going on. We are told to use traditional medications which may or may not be working and cannabis has to be part of it. And until you see somebody who's really using it, you know, when you first when I first got into this industry, my brothers were always like looking at me like, are you high? Are you high? <laughs> 
Like that is so absurd. I'm like back off people. Well, I don't, I get medicated. I don't get, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's one thing that people don't even talk about. You know, if I have two nanograms of cannabis in my system, that's considered impaired in some States. And I guarantee yeah. you, Joyce, my two nanograms are way over all the time just because it sticks in your fat cells. So, yeah. And, it, and it's part of your, I don't know, that's not the whole nother conversation. All right. Yeah. So she's looking to talk people. If you want to have an awesome spokeswoman, reach out to her. I'll have her access of information in my notes. Anything else? Any last words of wisdom before we like head out? Don't give up you know, be your own advocate and try different things until you find what works for you. We all have a sweet spot and Nikki and the plant is doing all it can to remove the stigma and normalize the conversation. I'm looking at launching my own brand of products along with data and science behind it with a killer advisory board of medicinal providers that really understand cannabis Joyce, I appreciate all you're doing. I love what you do at Canada Mom Show. And I'm grateful to be a guest on your show today. Thank you. We're grateful to have you. So Nikki, if they want to reach you, what's the best way to reach you? You can find me at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, and theplant.org. Or you can reach me on any social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, as well as LinkedIn as Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, Lolly, L-A-W-L-E-Y. She's everywhere, people. All right. So thank you, Nikki, so much. This is a fun 45 minutes. So another show, another show for my guest in my Canabro, David Jazz, and of course, our Canamom Show team. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canamom Show, where we, of course, are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this emerging cannabis industry by preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry. So together, we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachix Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.